0: Hi, I'm Dr. Whitney Hauser with Dry Eye Coach Podcast. And today I am joined by Dr. Walt Whitley. Dr. Whitley is the Director of Optometric Services at Virginia Eye Consultants. And he also um, oversees the Dry Eye Center there with some of his colleagues. So welcome to our program today, Walt. How are you?
1: I'm doing excellent. How are you, Whitney?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, we're going to be talking today about educating patients about treating their dry eye disease and including um, a feature called flares. So, I'm going to kind of dive into some questions and then we're going to get some of your perspective on how you talk to your patients about this particular aspect of dry eye disease. So, to kind of kick us off, why is there a need? for a short-term treatment for dry eye? I mean, we have a lot of chronic therapies out there. Why do you think there's a need for a short-term treatment for uh, dry eye disease?
1: That's a great question, Whitney. And when it comes to the need, it's because patients are suffering. And you just mentioned the word chronic, and we've always heard about a chronic inflammatory condition that gets worse over time. However, Patients, they're, they're suffering, and so what we need to do is have treatments that are available that can help provide them rapid relief. Uh, you mentioned dry eye flares, and so with the flares, you know, when is this going to occur? And oftentimes patients don't know, and how often does it occur? They don't know either, but they know it does happen. Unfortunately, some patients feel that it's uh, pretty, pretty common. And so they don't realize that it's actually a dry eye or maybe associated with dry eye. And we're all familiar with the various symptoms with, with dry eye, the, the sandiness, burning that patients may have. We know the sakele is, is inflammation as well that leads to that, that, that chronic uh, vicious cycle that, that, that we've talked about. But when it you comes know, to the flares, go ahead.
0: No, you know, you hit on a great point, Walt, and that's they don't know when it's going to happen we don't know when it's going to happen but the education component of at least talking to them about it the fact that they're already probably experiencing it and now kind of putting a name on it and -hmm. if they're not already experiencing what might happen is really important because by the time it's happening you know it's hard to get into our offices sometimes especially you know with what we're seeing right now with COVID 19 you can't just jump into your your optometrist's office at the drop of a hat it takes some time so mm-hmm. the education, I think, probably is more important than ever.
1: Oh, definitely. And, you know, the, the, the sandiness is the grittiness. That's what we always think of. But what right. matters to patients is looking at the quality of vision. And so patients, they do experience blur. And you and I have talked about this before, that, uh, that blur or fluctuations in vision is a, is a sign of dry eye disease. And so if patients are suffering from that, they definitely want treatment for that. And so, I mean, there's numerous reasons why there's a need for this. Um, You know, when we look, you mentioned chronic once again. Chronic means long-term therapy, but when we look at compliance, yes, we can tell a patient what to do. Do they do it, yes or no? Short-term is going to be much easier than long-term management because we know the data shows that over time uh, patients are going to be not necessarily compliant but adherent, and that's what we want when it comes to our patients, them owning their condition, owning their disease state and their treatment and when we look at that the adherence data you know within a year about 60% of patients may have discontinued their therapy and so right. we need to get we need shorter therapy to get in get out address their concerns and and take the next step
0: so what do you think maybe an ideal short term therapy might be
1: well it's something that many of us have been doing for, for many, many years. I mean, we have great options when it comes to dry eye therapy, and we know that with the various uh, treatment options, we're getting uh, uh, getting quicker improvement within symptomatology as well as signs in as early, early as two weeks and as early as a month, depending on which, uh, which data you're looking at. But we've been yeah. utilizing steroids for induction therapy uh, when we start, first started having therapeutic treatment options for dry eye disease. And And, you know, one of the best ways that I like to, when I'm lecturing about this, is talking about the acute versus chronic. Uh, dry eye. When we use uh, corticosteroids and anti-inflammatories, we know we can address the inflammation uh, right away. Uh, Of course, if you're going to prescribe a steroid, we always want to check the pressure before we prescribe it. We also want to take a look at the nerve to make sure that they do have a healthy nerve. But always check it before and check it when they come back, whatever you feel comfortable, whether it's uh, one week, two weeks, maybe even longer. Uh, But So many of us, we've been doing that and then utilizing maybe punctal occlusion afterwards once we uh, address the the inflammatory component. Or uh, others, then after we address the acute inflammation, then we may go into more of the chronic therapies to help stabilize the tears.
0: Yeah, you kind of hit on some really great points there about the the differences between short-term and long-term therapy. I think so far to date, for dry. We've had a lot of advances in long-term chronic therapies. But for me, I think as I see patients coming into the office, I think really what tends to trigger their visit, their event, is a short-term exacerbation or a flare. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I do have people that return chronically for three months, six-month follow-ups who are, you know, really committed to their care in terms of dry. But then the, I would say the majority of my patients, their, their trigger point for coming in is, uh-oh, something happened. And I think really across medicine, for most of us, that's why you come in. Something changed in how you feel see uh, or appear. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think you're right. We've had great opportunities in chronic care for the last many years, but seeing something that would be available for short-term therapy for these patients who, again, are, are coming because of those exacerbations.
1: And it goes back to when we're asking the patients the questions and, you know, how long has this been going on? If they say years, then we definitely have to set realistic expectations that, hey, we're going to do our best, we're going to add therapies, Uh, we're going to – but we may not fix it in a week, a month. It may take a lot longer for us to to address their condition, and so setting realistic uh, expectations for our patients. But if a patient comes in you ask them, you know, how long has this been going on, oh, it started like a week or two ago then if, as long as we rule out any infectious process, then we're thinking more inflammatory in nature and how can we address that for this patient.
0: Yeah. So, re, you know, regarding dry flares, you know, why are these, you know, so challenging to treat or what are the challenges that you think we face? Well,
1: it goes back to many times patients think it's normal for them. They don't realize it's an issue, and so they just let let it go untreated. And that's where the, the progression comes in within the, within the dry disease. Um, many patients have tried. They'll go to the drugstore and get one of the various artificial tears. And we know that when it comes to dryness, if we look at the TFOS-Ds too, uh, inflammation does play a role. Uh, homeostasis of the tears, hyperosmolarity, neurosensory abnormalities, patient symptoms. And so yes, we need to treat uh, the we need to treat it with an anti-inflammatory. But even though we keep saying anti-inflammatory, we do have to remember there is the root cause, which is the mybomian gland dysfunction, which often has to be treated concurrently to get uh, to, to address patient signs and symptoms, both short-term right. and long-term.
0: Right, absolutely. Evaluating, you know, comprehensively for all the different elements, all that multifactorial nature that we know that goes along with DRY is always important to getting to the, to the root or root causes uh, of, of what's going on. You know, as you're kind of talking about The challenges, the challenges definitely are patients tend to attribute, I think, anyway, their their short-term exacerbation or flares to something they did. I spent too much time on the computer. I was on an airplane. I was under a ceiling fan. There's all these reasons why they've identified a trigger. And then, like you said, they tend to want to self-medicate for that by using OTC products which may or may not alleviate the problem. So being able to kind of proactively talk to patients who may be at risk for having this happen and say, you know, this is something you might want to come to us for is sort of a great opportunity for the practice as well. Yeah. Well, so the like, other
1: difficulty there is many patients, I mean, they don't realize, once again, that this is a, this is a flare. And so they, right. they don't come exactly. in. Exactly. And then exactly. when they, by the time they do come in, they just want quick relief. Yes, we have other options, but patients have been suffering. They want quick relief, and so we need treatments that can address that.
0: Right. So what have you found? Are there certain times of the year, are there certain situations that your patients are particularly saying, I'm experiencing this, this is what's happening to me, I'm having a flare, or they're describing a flare?
1: I, I had a patient yesterday that, was, that I've been seeing for a while, and any of my dry patients I see uh, two to three times a year, just to, just to monitor their, their, their tear film, osmolarity, inflammation, and just their symptomatology. Uh, but what she says is, you know, this happens to be every January. She goes, right now I'm doing fine on the course of therapy that, that you're doing, but whenever we, put, we use steroids in January, that always seems to help. And so during the winter months is gonna be definitely one, uh, one aspect with, uh, with the cold. Uh, allergy season, whether it's the spring, with it, whether it's a tree pollen or in the fall where it's the weeds, uh, you can get it during the summer due to grasses. And so the allergy we know is an inflammatory component that, that needs, needs to be addressed as well. And then environmental factors uh, that can trigger that, uh, it, the air conditioning when they're in the, in the car and during the summer and it's blowing in their face, or if they're on the computer all day long and we've all had that patient that says, hey, I can't work, I can't concentrate, I go to work, but my eyes are just bugging me because they're so dry, I can't keep them open. And, and so uh, it can happen several times per year. Uh, some studies may show that it can be anywhere between four to six times per year that this can occur.
0: You know, you you raise an interesting point about your patient and about noticing the sort of seasonality of it and what tends to alleviate that for her. You know, I have sort of a, a tale of two patients myself. I have one patient, and I've seen both of these uh, ladies for many years. One of them says winter is the worst time. Winter's terrible for me. And I almost could definitely buy into that. You know, you have increased heat in your home, decreased humidity, a lot of wind whipping around, things like that. And then on the other side of the story, I have one patient who says it's summer. It's always summer. It's always when the air conditioning comes on, ceiling fans, air conditioning in the car, it drives me crazy. The thing that I think is unique about flares is there's a certain degree of perhaps predictability about it. But then there's the other thing about each individual patient is going to be subject to, to an increase in symptoms at different intervals. And I think, like you said, that four to six times a year deal, I mean, we need to kind of be open-minded to who is affected uh, at what seasons because it's not always going to be the same group at the same time, if that makes sense. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Well, there's another flare that does occur that doesn't, isn't necessarily seasonal, it's whenever right. that patient wants to come in for surgery. That's another yes. time, you asked earlier, when the, right. uh, the need for short-term treatment, we need to get that surface smooth. And uh, right. the, the, the better the ocular surfaces for IOL calculations is gonna play a huge role within outcomes. It's gonna determine whether or not a patient's gonna be a candidate for any of the presbyopic uh, IOL technologies or a toric IOL. We need that stable K measurement, stable biometry uh, to to make sure that we can uh, give our patients the best refractive outcomes afterwards.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you and I both practice at surgical practices, so those outcomes are kind of front of mind as patients are coming through our clinic. But equally, our colleagues, you know, in, in primary care settings, they're equally wanting that great outcome, right? Because where does that patient wind up going back to? It's going back to their... They're optometrists, and, you know, everybody in the equation wants that successful uh, lens selection and that great vision afterwards. Everyone wants a happy patient for sure. So uh, the question, I guess, is you touched on this earlier, but I want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, We know that the majority of patients discontinue prescriptions for dry medications in that first three months. And you and I have been champions for continued you know, management of chronic dry eye disease and trying to talk to our colleagues and our individual patients about it. But why do you think that struggle is, is happening for, for patients across the, the board?
1: Well, I mean, there are there's several different reasons for that, uh, whether it's first, I mean, just the chronic nature. If you have an acute problem, if it hurts, people are going to be more compliant. They're going to utilize the medications that are given to them. But once we get stabilized, you know, if it's not bothering them, patients may not use it. They're like, hey, we've all had that patient that says, hey, my eyes feel dry, so I just don't use those drops anymore, that, that prescription uh, that that you gave me. Uh, we know that some drops work better uh, for, some, uh, for some patients than others, or there may be some adverse events for some medications. It doesn't matter what type of medication is it. I mean, Uh, If there's an adverse event or a side effect, some patients may stop it, whether it's stinging or burning. Uh, But then also cost, that's reality, is is for the patient. A short-term, talking to a patient to say, hey, you're having a a dry eye flare. We're going to prescribe this this drop for you. We're going to get in and get out, and we're going to manage you uh, that way versus saying, hey, we're going to put you on some other therapy that's going to be chronic that we're going to keep you on. Uh, How often do we get that question? How long am I going to be on my drops? And when you right. give them the forever, then they're like, what? But if you tell them, hey, short term, we just need to use this, then they're like, oh, okay, well, then it makes more sense then.
0: Right, right. I mean, we, we live in the U.S. Everyone wants a, a fast solution to, to every problem for sure. And I imagine this, you know, it's not unique to dry disease, The the drop-off in chronic medication. I would imagine if you look across – many systemic disease processes and ophthalmic ones as well, we see a decline in, in compliance with chronic medications. I know we struggle with compliance in glaucoma medications. So I don't imagine it's unique to drive, but I do think some of the, the barriers that you listed are probably some that definitely contribute.
1: So, Gosh, you just mentioned glaucoma. I mean, glaucoma, they don't feel glaucoma. And and we're telling them to do the treatment. They feel the dry eye, and we're still having the issues for it. But that's where it comes back to, you know, one thing that you and I often talk about is going to be the education at every opportunity, whether it's the technician, uh, reemphasizing the importance of their condition, whether we're doing, this is your disease, you have dry eye disease, this is how we're going to manage it, this is what what you need to do for it, and this is how we're going to give you the best uh, possible vision.
0: Right. Well, you, you kind of hit on my final question, which is what's the best way to educate patients about flares? I mean, you kind of mentioned drawing in uh, staff members into the equation um, because we do want to create a compliant environment for them. So what, do you have any pearls or takeaways in educating patients about this?
1: Well, when the patients are suffering and coming to us, it's easy, because they're already coming to us for a problem, and so just letting them know that dry eye uh, is, uh, inflammation does play a role, Yes, we did mention there, there's going to be a mybuming gland component, uh, but from the D T too, 80% of dry eye, you have to treat both. And so that means you still need an, an anti-inflammatory. And so uh, we need to get in with a, with a, uh, with a medication that can treat the, treat the acute in, or active inflammation. Uh, we need to address the symptoms. I mean, that's what patients are suffering from. And so they want something, a therapeutic treatment that's going to give them quick relief but then also improve the signs. That's what we care about doctor- as doctors. We often see the patients that, that uh, they feel fine, but you look at their surface and it looks like a minefield. And so we say, hey, we know you're feeling good, There's new- but this is what I'm seeing. It looks like coarse sandpaper. We need to improve your vision. You're mentioning that you're having the fluctuations or blurred vision. This is what we need to do to give you the, the, the best vision. And yeah. so, I mean, that's a sense of what I go over with the patients.
0: For me, as i 'm kind of looking you know forward i 'm thinking, I want to really educate my chronic patients who are not having a problem. I think mm-hmm. that 's really going to be where I want to focus a lot of my flair education on the people that are uh, not actively having the problem because I want them to know i 'm a, a resource to them because it 's inevitable almost that it happened in people that have that chronic Uh, inflammatory condition, we're going to see that upticks in symptomatology. And I want them to know to circle back and come to my office. You know, with dry eye disease patients, they tend to have a higher churn rate than some of our other disease processes. And they bounce from practitioner to practitioner. And I think some of that I predict to be driven a little bit by these acute exacerbations because they're like, okay, why? Well, you know, I saw Dr. Smith and I got started on this therapy and then I had this uptick in symptoms. Well, maybe I don't need to go back to Dr. Smith. Maybe I need to try Dr. Jones. And mm-hmm. what I often tell my patients about about changes that they experience, and, and really Flair could be one of these, is that it's like we work a puzzle together in terms of dry, and we may find all the puzzle pieces go together and we get a, get a completed puzzle and then three months six months you know a year later it's like someone shook the puzzle and the pieces are ajar and they're not in the right locations anymore and really that's almost like what happens with a flare and we've got to go back in and rework that puzzle and I want those chronic patients to know this is an expected event and then what course of action to take afterwards
1: and I definitely agree uh, the education part, when I tell the patient, you know, I'm going to see you back in, let's say, six months, or they're, they're controlled at the time, yeah, I've been, but I've been following them for a couple of years, or if not longer already, and so that's right. why I always, when they come back, I'm doing one of the symptom questionnaires, which I utilize as speed, and then I'm utilizing either osmolarity or inflammatory just to let them know, hey, we want to make sure that this is addressed, not short-term but long-term as well, and if you have a flare, what we can do about it. And so that's why I'm bringing you back. And, you know, if they, right. if they have dry, many patients they get, it, and they'll come back every single time.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, that was a great discussion, Walt. I really appreciate your time today. I definitely brought, you know, I'm going to be bringing home some, some pearls from our discussion. So I thank you for your time.
1: Well, thank you.
0: and I'd like to thank our audience for joining us as well so thanks for joining dry eye coach podcast we'll be bringing more to iTunes soon